Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Welcome once again. I appreciate you coming aboard with me here today as we take a look again at the subject of heaven and what the Bible says. You know, I want to remind you, we avoid here in our ministry speculations that go outside of the doctrines of the Scripture. We see these teachings, and they're very clear, and there's no need to embellish them. We can get them in context and learn so many things about what happens when a Christian dies, when they step through the threshold into this place. In the Greek, it's oranos, the lofty. When they step into there, what happens? You know, How long are we there? What do we do while we're there? Do we notice other people when we're there? What activities go on? All these different questions are going on, and so we're going to tackle some of those today. Have a great time as we look at the Scripture so you can take these. So if you have your Bible app or your Bible with you, and make sure you have a pen and pencil or something where you can take notes. Now, if you're driving, just you know, keep this and repeat it over and learn these truths because there's some fantastic things here I want you to see. And so as we're looking at this and we're talking about the truth of heaven, let's get back into some wonderful promises we can see from God. In one thing, we've been given this, this wonderful status as a sinless person. When we've given our life to Christ, we've given our sins to him. He's taken them away. And Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so has he removed these sins from us. In Isaiah chapter 38 verse 17, I love this. It says that he has put those sins behind him, and the Hebrew idiom in there literally means he's put them between his shoulder blades. So if you put something between your shoulder blades, like people used to put post-it notes, sticky notes on your back, and you couldn't see them trying to get them off. And then what the Lord does, he purposely puts these behind. So when he turns around, he still doesn't see your sin. He turns around, he still doesn't see your sin. What a wonderful way to describe that when we take a look at this. We know that Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 16, it tells us something else. It's a wonderful promise. He loves us so much, he says, it's I have in engraved you on the palm of my hand, inscribed you, one translation says. really means I've tattooed you on the palm of my hand. And we've talked about this earlier in our podcast. You know what this is like. In those days that this was written, there were sailors that would have the names of their loved ones tattooed onto the palm of their hand. So as they worked and their palm would face up toward them, they would remember those loved ones. And sometimes they'd have the name of their hometown and maybe even a small rough map uh, tattooed into the skin on the palm, so they, they will be the closest to them. And the Lord says, if you think about that kind of love, that's the love I have for you. Fantastic. And so we see these great promises here, and something that we have uh, just a wonderful, wonderful confidence in the Lord when we look at this too. The, uh, the, the things we want to talk about today, really, and going into two things I want to share with you and let's just start with this first one. Uh, are we eating in heaven? We talked a little bit about this, but I want to give you a little bit more about that. And then the second one is, are we, gi- are we given gifts in heaven? I mean, wouldn't eternal life be a gift enough? And so let's talk about those two things and go see what the Bible says in taking a look at this. You know, we've found an enemy in death, 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, The last great enemy of mankind is death, and he has been defeated. And in that, we see that we now enter into a wonderful rest with the Lord. doesn't mean we sleep or we're lazy. Revelation 14, verse 13 says, We rest from our labors, which are the labors we had here on earth. We don't have to worry about a nine-to-five job. Don't have to worry about a paycheck coming late or even a paycheck at all. All things are given. We can buy the sustenance we need, quote-unquote, buy, because Isaiah 55 and verse 1 says you buy it without price. Go get it free. We just have this wonderful sustenance being given to us in there. You see, we eat for two reasons on earth. We, re- we eat for survival or celebration. Well, it'll be a celebration here in heaven. Mark chapter 14, verse 25, Jesus gives us the first reference here. He's talking with the disciples and he says, I will not dine with you again here on earth. The next time I dine with you will be in the kingdom. And he's talking about the physical activity of eating a dinner. Then we go to Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11, and we find some striking things there. This comes again from the mouth of Christ. He says, they will come from the east and the west, and he's intimating that Gentiles as well as Jews, because the Jewish thought at that time was, if you weren't from Jerusalem, you were just from the, quote, east or the west. It's kind of a derogatory term. Jesus uses it back against them, and he says, they will come from the east and west and sit down with Father Abraham and Isaac and and Jacob, and they will recline at table with them. Now, this is a powerful thing, because number one, he's reminding you again There will be a time of eating. Recline at table has a wonderful connotation within that Greek phrase, which means more than just eating. It means laughing. It means storytelling. It means uh, staying there and listening intently and fellowshipping, if you want to use that term uh, there. Recline at table. That's something. So it's more than just inhaling food. It's enjoying that time. Think of it like one of your favorite Thanksgivings or Christmases. When you're around, yes, you were eating, and yes, maybe you ate more than you should. But at that time, someone tells an uproarious joke, or you have a wonderful memory, and that's what it's talking about. I'll also remind you, what does it say there in that uh, Matthew 8, 11 passage? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Did you know something here? Let me share something with you. They're related. Abraham, granddad. Isaac, dad. Jacob, son. They're related. We're talking about a family reunion. So not only do we have multitudes celebrating the Lord of different backgrounds, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, different cultures, different races, different languages coming together, celebrating. Nobody is pushed apart. The diversity does not separate people. It unites them, which tells us even in those celebrations, we have our uniqueness. Now, we're there, as I said, we're also uh, eating, and we're taking, and somebody says, well, you know, I hate to be crude, but are there bathrooms in heaven? Well, this isn't really, if you just think about this, no, there wouldn't be. I don't even have to go outside of Scripture, because bathrooms are uh, places where you would eliminate waste. Is there any waste in heaven? Would the food have anything which would be passed through as waste? No, no, it's perfect food. And we look at this, Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 6 says, it will be laid out by the Lord himself, the best of foods will be laid out there. Revelation chapter 22, the first three verses, 
and it says there is a tree of life, and it could be in the translation meaning trees of life. So it could be a grove alongside the river, maybe more than one. And it says this, that there are fruits, continual variety of fruits, one each month, that are for consumption, and also some leaves that are there for the healing of the nation, which might mean the health giving. Now, whether we consume those leaves or not, uh, we're not sure. This could be they're applied and they're there, but that, that's given. But we do know the fruits are there, and they will be partaken of as well. And when we take a look at these wonderful things, I think one of the biggest things about going to heaven, and somebody says, well, look, well, they have spaghetti. I've always liked spaghetti. Somebody says, it's barbecue. More than once I've had a southerner down here. I'm in East Tennessee. Southerner says, well, surely we'll have a barbecue. I don't know. I can't tell you that for sure. Somebody says, well, I'm looking here. And it says in Isaiah 25 and verse 6, the best of meats, does that mean meats? And will there be slaughtering? Will there be, but there's no death in heaven? Well, who's to say that the meat that we have in heaven has to be from an animal? Now, don't think I'm too weird on this, but I want you to understand something. This is heaven food. This is something that is not created by mortal man, nor in in, in an earthly recipe. The concoctions that are brought together in food for our enjoyment and celebration in heaven have not been uh, something that uh, is tainted by the, the curse. This is curse-free food, which I think some of you are thinking about this. Okay, well, we'll never get fat in heaven. Well, you know, that's kind of a curse of mankind and getting too many calories, so I'll let you think about that. But we continue on as we talk about this in heaven eating for celebration, eating for enjoyment, wonderful time. And then we also talk about recognition in heaven. Now, I'm not going to get too detailed because of time, but I do want you to know this. The Bible does say the faithful Christian will be recognized for his work. And this is an important point. Let's start with Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. I gave that to you earlier and said, Blessed are those who die in the Lord, and they will rest from their earthly labors, and their works, their deeds will follow them. Now, that's a curious thing. What does that mean? Well, it's saying this. When you're in heaven, there will be a recognition of your works. It's as if they, they, they just tailed behind you, and they're brought to recognition. They came in across the threshold. Hey, well, take a look at this. Look at the deeds you have done. And this is not a negative at all. This is talking about those deeds you've done in faithfulness. You see, in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, and verse 10, it lets us know that this is a very fair thing for us to read, an encouraging thing. God's not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He's saying this, this is not something God will ignore. He's going to recognize the fact that you're very faithful. I'll remind you, and it can be as minimal as a cup of cold water. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42. You're trying to help, but you say, I'm limited in my resources. How limited would you be that you can't even give somebody a cup of cold water, someone in need? You know, you have two cans of soup at the house, and you know somebody at the church or somebody in your neighborhood has a need. That's what we're talking about. Just sharing simple things. It's just that spirit of giving in the name of Christ. It says you will not lose your reward. If I can remember right, I believe it's Luke 14, 14 says, there will be times people will not even thank you for your generosity, but don't worry. God sees it and you will be rewarded. We see these rewards. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, 
we will all, all the Christians, all the Christians will stand before the Bema seat, that's the reward seat of Christ, to receive what they have uh, done in their bodies, whether good or bad. The word bad is not meaning evil. There are two Greek words for that, kakos and uh, poneros. But this one is phaulos, and it means this, of the, the worth is less, whether good, whether worthy, or less worthy. And so it's this, you know, it doesn't have to be bad, it just might be that these things are not as important as those things you did. I mean, on this one, you helped organize a children's outreach, and it was wonderful, and you put in countless hours and help. That might be more than you are just writing a nice Christmas card to somebody. Or it could even be something you're just doing that's very neutral. Uh, you're cutting your grass. You are uh, going in and you're washing your hands with soap afterwards to prepare for dinner. Those things aren't exactly leading people to Christ. They're just activities. They're not evil. They're just not that worthy. You know. Now, it might be while you're washing your hands at the sink and you have a neighbor over for dinner and you're talking with them about Christ. Well, now that's a different thing. But you will be recognized and rewarded for that. And the Bible says, you know, on what basis is that reward? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, this is a very important passage in the first five verses, and it tells you this, that it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And by that I mean this, are you faithful? Is your heart in it? Are you serving the Lord? And are you serious about, you know, just taking what is in front of you? See, it says this, you're not, you're not responsible for what you don't have. You're rewarded on what you do have. And, verse 5, every man and woman will receive praise. The Christians will receive praise on that. Now, I find this very fascinating in Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 and 8. It says, the wedding of the Lamb has come. Okay, this is the great, uh, wonderful feast the marriage feast in Revelation 19, and the church, the body of believers from all time, the Christians from all over the world and all the ages are coming together, represented as the bride. And it says, his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. What's that mean? Well, it even tells you the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. So you say this, you are creating beauty when you serve the Lord. Now, there's one thing about being rewarded, and yes, as we read in uh, Matthew, in, in Luke chapter 19, I believe it is, and then there are some that are more faithful with what they've been given, and they will receive greater rewards. I get that asked uh, many times. Will some people get more uh, rewards in heaven? Well, yeah, you know, they're very, very faithful, and some people have just not really cared about exerting themselves, and so that's there. But I want you to think about this. Your service to the Lord is as if you are adorning a wedding with beauty. The things that you do that may never be recognized until heaven are being given and presented as if it is uh, some embellishment, some adornment at a wedding. Isn't that amazing? So, And you'll be recognized for that. There's more we can say, but I see I'm out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. We talked about eating in heaven and rewards recognition for service in heaven, too. And I think there's some very, very satisfying answers that we have here as we see them in the scriptures. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel. 
director of Zulon International Bible Institute. Let's talk some more about heaven. Thank you so much. Share these things. Plagiarize my teaching all you want. God has no copyright on his word. You can use these whenever you want to. God bless you. Thank you. And Lord willing, we'll be talking soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N dot org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.